right, take your Bibles, if you would, please, to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Thank you for that song, Miss April. I appreciate that very much. I can't wait for that day that I get to go to heaven. I'm looking forward to it each and every day that goes by. Uh, listen, don't get me wrong. I enjoy being here on earth and serving the Lord, but I just can't wait to see my Savior face to face, and I'm looking forward to that. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, where we're going to be, it's a blessing also. I want to thank my daughter for playing for us while Miss Karen's gone. It's a blessing to have uh, my daughter willing to do that, and uh, I, I see her abilities in that, and I think, Lord, what happened? I didn't get any of that stuff. What's going on? And uh, But I'm glad that she did, and I'm, I sure appreciate it. Thank you, sweetheart, for playing. And it's good to have you visitors with us. Again, I'm so sorry I wasn't able to come greet you and all those things, uh, but I don't want to get you sick, and I want you to come back, all right? So thank you so much for being here with us. And it's good to have the MacArthur's back. Uh, they've been gone for a little while, and it's good to have them back, and we sure are glad that you guys are home with us. They want us to pray about uh, them moving to Maine and things like that. I'm praying selfishly, but I really want the will of God for their life. And uh, uh, we're praying that they stay here, but I know they want to be around family and things like that. So just be praying for them and God's will in that. I would invite you to stand with me out of respect for the Word of God, if you would, please. First Corinthians chapter number 6. We're going to read two verses and get into the message this morning. I am going to leave immediately after the message today, so uh, if you need to talk with me about something, please wait till tonight or or later this week because I need to get home and get some rest. Hopefully, I can be better by this evening. So if you could please bear with me on that, I'd appreciate that. First Corinthians chapter number 6, look at verse 19 and 20. The Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. As I read through this verse and I look at it, it's talking about a transaction that took place. It said, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? If you're saved here today, there was a day in your life when you by faith received Jesus Christ as your Savior, that the Holy Spirit of God took up residence inside of you. And there was something that took place on that day. And we're going to talk about uh, how our life is not our own. And I want to share that with you. It said that, and you're not your own. So I'm going to preach a message to you this morning entitled, Lives Under New Management. Lives under new management. Let's pray, Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the time that we have to be here today. Lord, I ask you please to uh, clear my mind and heart of any distractions. I pray that you'll not allow my uh, physical uh, limitations today to cause any hindrance to your word. Holy Spirit of God, I rest in your strength and your power this morning. I need your help and I need your touch. Thank you so much for the faithfulness of your people. Thank you for allowing them to be here today. Thank you for the visitors that we have. And Lord, we ask you please to do only what you can do. Let your word penetrate as it so does. Help us to be encouraged as we leave here today and thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for loving us enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for us. And Lord, I'm so grateful to be a Christian today. And Lord, I just pray that you'll help us never to lose the joy of our salvation. And Lord, we just thank you and praise you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. As I was reading this and I began to go through this passage of scripture, and I got to that part of uh, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 where it says, and ye are not your own. I begin to think about there was a day in my life that I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior and I was adopted into the family of God. No more at that time am I uh, able to live life the way I want to live it. You say, well, God gives a free will to choose. What do you mean? It means I don't have any right to live life the way I want to live life because I don't belong to me. And I got to thinking about being under new management, allowing God to manage us. And uh, my mind had a, a sorrowful thought, Brother Eddie. A couple years ago, Bass Pro Shop bought out Cabela's. Yeah. And I began to get 
worried. People said, why? Because I like Cabela's, <laughs> okay? And I was hoping that they weren't going to be changing anything. And uh, a lot of times you drive down, maybe there's a restaurant or a, a, uh, a store that you frequent and you're, you just love that store and you're driving there and all of a sudden you see on their sign and it says what? Under new management and you're thinking, oh no, what's happening here? And that's what happened to me when, when Bass Pro Shop bought out Cabela's. I thought this is going to be horrible. Uh, the world is coming to an end. The rapture's happening soon. Why? Because uh, Bass Pro Shop just bought out Cabela's. There's not going to be Cabela's anymore. What am I going to do about this? Because I love Cabela's over Bass Pro Shop any day. And you can say amen there if you want to. But I enjoy those kind of things. And the fact of the matter is, though, I was worried about it. Why? Because I was afraid that they were going to change the things that Cabela's used to do. And I began to see now that they don't. There's just more inventory for them. They kept Cabela's the way it was. And praise the Lord for that. I live happily uh, today because of that. And it's a blessing. But the day we got saved, there's a lot of times that we think, oh, this was a woe sometime for us. Why? Because now I can't have fun anymore, right? I can't do the things I used to do. There's a change that's taking place. My life is under new management. And we get this idea that when we got saved, we were saved out of this life of sin and misery to live a life of uh, solitude and, uh, and horribleness. But that's not what salvation's all about. Salvation isn't anything that makes us have to worry or be fearful. And salvation's nothing that you and I have to worry about. But our lives are under new management when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. This passage of Scripture says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? He's asking here, as Paul's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God in 1 Corinthians 6, he's saying, listen, how do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Do you not understand those things? If you really understood those things, you wouldn't be living life the way you're living life. If you really understood that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, let's put that into perspective, that means the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. That's what it means. That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Listen, Jesus uh, took very serious, um, uh, he, he was very serious about the temple. Uh, we just had the training session last week. Brother Scott Pauley preached a phenomenal message on when God, when God cleans house. And he came in and he turned over tables and he drove out the money changers and he did all of those things. Why? Because they were making his father's house a den of thieves. And he was saying, listen, my house ought to be clean. My house ought to be right. My house ought to be doing this. And as a child of God, you understand our bodies are the house of God. You say, what do you mean? He lives inside of us. All the way back in, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, it says the Holy Ghost came upon him, came upon him, came upon him. It didn't say they lived in him. But in Acts, remember after Jesus in his earthly ministry, uh, he, he ascends into the, the clouds. They said, why stand ye gazing? This same Jesus, uh, who have you seen leave, will come in like manner as you've seen him leave. And he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless, and I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you. And when he pours it out, those guys began to get the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm glad that we have him here today, and our lives are under new management. You know, the good thing about God being our manager is we'll never go wrong following his advice. We'll never go wrong following after him. But there's three things I'd like to talk to you about this passage of Scripture, verse 19 and verse number 20. And I was having a little bit of fun with the Cabela's and Bass Pro Shop kind of thing. But oftentimes you think about, we look at things like that as a, such a petty, petty thing. And those kind of things can really bother us. Then why is it that it doesn't bother us that we are bought with a price, but we live for the devil? 
We don't belong to ourselves. And by the way, when you got saved, you were taken out of the devil's family and placed into God's family. And you ought not to live for the devil when you've been bought by God. But we have too many people that are living for the world and for self. They want to be manager of their own lives and do what they want to do rather than what God wants them to do. I want you to see firstly in the second part of verse number 19, it says that phrase, ye are not your own. I want you firstly to consider this. There's a claim to be pondered. There's a claim to be pondered. What is this claim? That the believer is not his own. Why are we not our own on the grounds of a purchased price? If you were in here today and you've bought a house or you've bought land, that land belongs to you. Why? You purchased it, didn't you? You paid for that thing. If somebody else came in and said, hey, I'm going to take your land, we'd have a problem with that, wouldn't we? Why? Because we paid for it. We bought it. We worked hard to get that. We did all these things that we could do to, to pay for those things and be a good steward and make sure we paid our bills. That way we had that possession. It belonged to us. See, more than any money, though, that we could buy here on this earth the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for you and I and when he did that and we by faith received Jesus Christ as our Savior we were adopted into his family the Holy Spirit of God took up residence inside of us and we are not our own because we've been purchased we've been bought with a price we're redeemed by the blood of the lamb we're redeemed by the blood you know the Bible says without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin we're going to get to that verse here in just a few minutes in Hebrews 9 22 but without the blood of Christ there's not one of us that could be saved Without the blood of Christ, listen, I don't care what you've been taught in the past, you'll never find in the Bible where works get you to heaven. You'll never find in the Bible where baptism will save you. You'll never find in the Bible where church attendance or giving offering or any of those things will ever get you to walk through those pearly gates in heaven. The only thing that will get you to where God is is coming through Jesus Christ. You say, where is that found? John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm here to tell you today there's a claim to be pondered. And what is that? You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. You've been bought with a price on the grounds of a purchase price, on the grounds of a possessional rights. Listen, God dwells in us. It says that there. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? He lives inside of you. So don't think you're escaping God whenever you're doing those little sins that nobody else knows about. Those things that you think, oh, nobody else knows, Brother Rod, I can do it all the way I want to do it. Listen, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You think he can't see through the roof of your house? You think he can't see uh, through the, the, the doors of your car? You think he can't do that? Listen, he's inside of you, and the things that you're doing that aren't uh, pleasing to him, you're not hiding it under this canopy where God doesn't see it. Why? Because your body is the temple of the Lord, and we ought to live for him. This claim that he speaks to us is, listen, we were bought with a price. He's saying, that's mine. You belong to me. And God is very righteous and just in saying those things. See, there was a day, the Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, let me stop there for a moment and explain what only begotten son means because uh, there's some perversions of scripture that say God gave his one and only son. See, God did not give his one and only son because if you read in the New Testament, the Bible says we should be called the sons of God. So if he gave his one and only son, that means you can't be a son and I can't be a son. It said he gave his only begotten son. What that means is a virgin-born son. That means there's only one that was virgin-born. Who's that? Jesus in a manger. We think about that at Christmas time. Jesus was his virgin-born son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting 
life. Listen, he's claiming us, and we ought to ponder this thing, that listen, we belong to God. We just had a great week this week with our soul winning conference. We just had a great time learning, getting motivated and stirred up to win souls for Christ. And listen, we ought to be more motivated. We ought to be more stirred up. We ought to be doing that. Man, this is a testimony. What a blessing. I heard Brother Nick told me this today, and I wanted to share it with the church. You know, uh, Brother Elwood was at Comfort Inn, and he was talking to a man named Dylan. Dylan was a guy working there at Comfort Inn, had a lot of questions, and uh, Brother Elwood talked to him until 3 o'clock in the morning, was talking to Dylan one day, and uh, Dylan just got busy, wasn't able to come, but yesterday, Brother Nick and his wife went to Cracker Barrel, and they, uh, their waitress was there, and he gave him a, a track and began to talk to her a little bit, but he didn't have time, they were getting ready to pay out there, she caught him out in the shopping area. Now, for a woman to not shop out there, to come actually right to him was, was something that was amazing anyway. But she comes up to him and she says, hey, did you guys just have a soul winning conference? And he said, yes, we did. She said, well, there was one of the preachers staying at the Comfort Inn and talked to my brother about Jesus. You think this coincidence, those kind of things just happen? No. See, the thing is, God has divine appointments for you and I, and we ought to take advantage of those kind of things. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. If you're saved in this room today, you belong to him. And guess what his will is for you? To go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Listen, we have a personal obligation to serve the Lord. You say, why? Because we're bought with a price. We're obligated to serve him. But see, don't look at obligation as a negative connotation. It's opportunity. As we heard on one of the messages this week, that when you just uh, live for religious purposes, it becomes an obligation to serve God. But when you live with a relationship, it's an opportunity to serve God. The fact is, we got to have uh, understand that our relationship with God makes that obligation turn into opportunity. Yes, we are obligated because we've been bought with a price. But that obligation can be joyful and exciting. Why? Because we've been bought with a price. I don't have to spend one second in hell today, Brother Matt, and I can be excited by those things. Guess what? I'm not feeling well today, but I'm sure feeling good inside because I've been saved by the blood of the Lamb. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm not going to die and spend one second in hell, and you don't have to today either. Why? All you've got to do is put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's a claim to be pondered. You're not your own. Number two, there's a change to be proclaimed. You were bought with a price. There's a change. You're, all of a sudden, your master is not your father, the devil. Why? Because your sins have been covered by the blood. Verse 20, look what it says. For you are bought with a price. You are bought with a price. That price was necessary for you and I. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin in Hebrews 9 And verse 22, you understand Jesus was not the gift. We say Jesus was the gift all the time. Yes, God gave his only begotten son, but guess what? Jesus was not the gift. The Bible says the gift of God is eternal life through who? Jesus Christ our Lord. You understand Jesus was the price for salvation. Jesus was the one who gave of his, his all for you and I. I was thinking this week as Jesus was hanging on the cross and I was reading through that passage of scripture and he laying there and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do as he's hanging on that cross and he's thinking of himself and he looks at John and he said, John, take care of my mom and mom, there's John and he's looking at all those and even the, the thief on the cross that said, remember me when thou enterest into thy kingdom and he says, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He had one goal in mind and what was that? Winning souls, bringing people to his father. He was that purchase price. He was the necessary one. The price was necessary, but the price was available. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3. 
Second Peter chapter number three. said you're bought with a price this price was necessary but this price is available look what it says in verse 9 of second peter uh, chapter number 3 the lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance this is an available price that each and every one of us have. It's not uh, just given to an elect group of people. It's there for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you glad you're one of the whosoevers? I'm glad I'm a whosoever. I'm glad that God doesn't pick and choose because if he had to look at my sin, Brother Eddie, compared to somebody else's sin, I'd probably be down at the bottom. But thanks be to God, we have a God that overlooks all of that because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And he that cometh to him and will no wise cast him out. He said, listen, he's not willing that any should perish. It's available to all. This price is available. We're under new management with God. The price is adequate. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 7. Look there if you would please. 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 7. The Bible says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from some of our sins. Is that what it says? It says from all our sins. Guess what? His price was adequate to cover my sin and your sin. That's what it took. When we look at why, why did we have to have the blood of Jesus Christ? Well, because the Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us are sinners. Every one of you, if you're honest before God today, oh, you may be able to fool the preacher, you may be able to fool other people around you, but if you say you have no sin, you lie and do not the truth, the Bible says. The fact of the matter is, uh, you are a sinner because the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means you and I fall short of what's expected to get to heaven because there's no amount of works that you and I can do that'll get us there. And then it says, the wages of sin is death. That means the return for my sin, what I earn because of sin is death and hell, and that's what uh, sin earned me. But I'm glad the verse of Romans 6.23 didn't stop with that. The wages of sin is death. It said, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's adequate price. It's an adequate price. You understand, we don't, we're not our own to direct. The Bible says he's our guide. He's our guide. We, we're not our own to direct our life the way we want to live it. You understand, it only takes a moment for God to change your life. I was talking to, that about, to the men on Friday night. It only takes a moment for God to change our life. But we have so many things that become more important than the things of God. And it could be that one moment that, the, that you miss out of church that God had exactly what you needed to change your life. But because you're not where God wants you to be, you miss out on the moment that God has for you. We were talking about in 1 Kings 17 where Elijah went down to the brook, Jareth, and God commanded a raven to feed him there. You understand, if he would have said, God, you know, I'm not really too keen on ravens, and I don't really want some nasty bird taking care of me, I'm going to fend for myself, God. You know what would have happened? He'd have died with the rest of them. 
He'd have been so smitten with all those things, but guess what? He obeyed what God said, and he went down to the brook, and the ravens fed him, and the brook he was able to drink from. And then the brook dries up, and God tells him to go to Zarephath, because he's already commanded a woman there to sustain thee. And he goes to Zarephath, and because of his obedience to God and Zarephath, not only was he taken care of, but that mother and her son were taken care of. Why? Because he wanted to be there for the moment God had for him. And oftentimes, we just say, you know what, God? I want to direct my own life. I want to do what, you want, what I want to do. God, God, it's what I want, what I think, and what I feel. But I'm here to tell you today, friend, it's not what you think, what you want, and what you feel. It's what God wants, what God thinks, and what God feels that's going to matter in your life later on. I'm glad that I can say I'm glad I did growing up. I'm glad I never uh, took drugs. I'm glad I never drank alcohol. I'm glad I never did those things. You know what? I hear testimony sometimes of how God saved people out of a life of wickedness and sin. And man, praise be to God for the grace and mercy of God. And I'm glad for that. But I remember sitting there when I was a young person, Brother Eddie, and I began to think, man, what a testimony they have. And then they looked at me and they said, man, I wish I had your testimony. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You got everybody captivated, just sitting on the edge of their seat of all the stuff that you got involved in. But listen, sin is never anything to glory in. The people that, are, that have those testimonies are glad for what Jesus did for them. But I'm here today to tell you, I'm glad I was raised in a good church. I'm glad I was raised in a godly home. I'm glad I didn't have to worry about uh, my parents coming home drunk and those kind of things. Why? Because we have to make sure that we're living holy because our body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad for that our, our lives are not our own to direct. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ has been upon us. There's a claim to be pondered. You're not your own. There's a, a change to be proclaimed that you were bought with a price. But there's a course to be pursued. Look what the Bible says in, back in our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. For you are bought with a price. Now look what this course is for our life. Because you're bought with a price, look what it says, Therefore. Whenever you see the word therefore, you go back and see what it's there for. And look what it says. Because you've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What's it mean to glorify God in your body? Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your unreasonable service? No, which is your reasonable service. See, it's not unreasonable for God to ask us to win souls. It's not unreasonable for God to ask us to be faithful to his house. It's not unreasonable for God to ask us to read his word. It's not unreasonable for God uh, to God for us to live holy, righteously, and godly in this present world. Why? Because we are under new management. God is in control of you and I. If we've been saved in this room today, blood bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, your life's not your own to direct. And there's a course that you need to be pursuing. And what is that? To glorify. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We have too many people trying to glory in fame and glory in power and glory in money and glory in all these things. I'm glad for our theme this year in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but him that glorieth, let him glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. See, we ought to glory in the fact that we know God. We presented our body a living sacrifice. He, he's everything to you and I. What's it mean to glorify uh, God in your body, to present your body to him, giving a present to God? God, here I am, use me. Isaiah didn't say, Lord, here I am, use them. 
He said, Lord, here I am, use me. Isaiah didn't look and say, God, I have the most talent. I have the the most education. Why don't you pick me? I'll be good for you to use. No, God was looking for somebody that was just available that says, Lord, here I am. I don't have everything together. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But God, if you'll use me and take me and, and mold me and shape me and what do you want me to be, I'll follow. I'll go, Lord, where you lead me, I'll do this. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for somebody that are going to give themselves to God as a living sacrifice. You say, what are you talking about, a living sacrifice? Listen, to be a living sacrifice, you don't live when you're in the world. That's death. That's what sin is all about. See, all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all those things that we got saved out of, that was death and hell. So to live for God, if you're going to live, present your body a living sacrifice, that means you're not weighted down with the bondage of sin in your life. You're living holy, righteously, and godly in this present world. He said that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let me ask you this. Is your life acceptable to God? If the, the Holy Spirit who's sitting there knocking at your heart's door right now, is he saying to you, your life's acceptable to me? Or is he saying, hey, there's some things you need to get right? Is he saying there's some things that you're holding back from me? Is there some, is he saying, hey, listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. But you're saying, no, I can't open the door because if I do, you're going to see some of the wickedness that's there. Let me understand, friend, he already knows the wickedness that's there. He's just giving you an opportunity to get it cleansed and made clean. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How can we... Pursue this course of glorifying God. We present our body a living sacrifice. But I want you to see that's the means of glorifying your body is presenting your body. The motive for glorifying God in your body is to remember where you came from. To where you are today. You remember in the first part of 1 Corinthians 6 when they were arguing over petty things and they were getting ready to go to law one against another and uh, Paul comes in and he says this, neither idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves nor covetous nor revilers nor extortioners nor drunkards shall inherit the kingdom of God. He says, and such were some of you, but you are washed, you're justified. You're sanctified. You know what he was saying? Hey, let's quit pouting about all the things that aren't going right for us. And let's just remember where we came from to where we are today. And it'll really do something inside of you. It'll help you to glory in the things you're supposed to glory in. It'll help you glorify God in your body. Why? Because you belong to him. You don't have to worry about all these things that I just listed because you've been washed, justified, and sanctified. And you know what? It's okay for us to say amen to those kind of things. I love, I was sitting in Sunday school class this morning in the, uh, the more wise Sunday school class. See, that was intelligent, wasn't it? I didn't say old folks Sunday school class. I said the more wise Sunday school class. You know what they did? He had everybody stand up, raise their hand, and they said, praise the Lord. You know what? It's okay to raise your hand and say, praise the Lord. Somebody starts talking about being saved, blood-bought, born again, justified, sanctified. Uh, Listen, we ought to get excited about that. We ought to be willing to raise our hand and say, praise be to God. We ought to lift our voice high to Him and say, God, thank you for reaching down in the muck and the mire of this world and picking me up out of the muck and mire and setting my feet upon a rock and establishing my goings and put a new song in my heart, even praising to our God. We can be excited about those things this morning. 
Listen, when I remember my past, my present, and my future, I get excited and want to serve him. Because there's a day coming that the sky's going to part. Trumpet's going to sound. He's going to say, come up hither. And the dead in Christ arise first, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I'm excited for that day. I can't wait for it. I'm really looking forward to the marriage supper of the Lamb, too. That's going to be a good, good thing. You say, why? Because we get to eat. Praise the Lord. The means of glorifying God is to present your body a living sacrifice. The motive for glorifying God in your body is to remember your past, present, and future. But how, it, what's the manner? How do we glorify God in praises? Look at Psalm chapter number 50. Psalm chapter number 50. Look at verse 23 of Psalm chapter number 50. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. So how, what's the manner of glorifying God? Praising him with your whole heart. Just praise him. Praise God. Why? Whosoever, whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. You understand, we bring glory to God when we praise Him. We bring glory to God when we say, hallelujah. We bring glory to God when we say, praise the Lord. I'm not talking about a fake stirring up of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about because you're saved and somebody starts talking about the blood of Jesus Christ, reminds you where you came from to where you are today, and you just get a Holy Ghost unction inside of you. You start getting all excited about it. It's not wrong for you to raise your hand and say, praise the Lord, glory to God. Listen, I'm going to sing praises unto him. Why? Because he's been so good to me. He's been so good to me. And God is good to us. And there's nothing you and I could ever do on this earth that would repay him enough for all that he's done for you and I. But he says you're bought with a price. You're not your own. You don't belong to yourself. Guess what? You don't have the right to live the way you want to live. You've been paid for. You've been purchased. You've been bought. Oh, God will understand. No. This is what God understands. You belong to me. You belong to me. Oh, God, it's okay if I just uh, skip out on this and that. It's okay for, for that. No, God understands this. I told you something. I commanded you something. You belong to me. You ought to do it. You ought to do it. Obedience. You remember King Saul? God told him utterly destroy the Amalekites. And they came back and they didn't do what God told them to do. And he said for to obey is better than sacrifice. Listen, just obey him. When God speaks, just obey. I remember my dad talked told me this when I was younger. He said, son, when I tell you to jump, you just start jumping. Don't even stop and ask how high. He said, because if, if I want you to go higher, I'll tell you to go higher. You just start jumping. And you know what? I believed him that he wanted me to just start jumping. If I, if he said jump, listen, when God says jump, you know what we ought to do? Well, God, 
how high do you want me to jump? And, you know, what kind of ground am I going to be standing on when I jump? And, and God, what kind of shoes am I going to be wearing when I jump? And is this going to be really safe for me, God, if I jump right here, right now? No, see, those are the kind of excuses we make. When God says jump, he wants us to jump. Why? We belong to him. You're his. It's your reasonable service to serve him. So to go soul winning, God's not asking a lot. To, be your, to read your Bible and pray, God's not asking a lot. To you, for you to be faithful to church and to give to the things of God, God's not asking a lot. For you to live a holy, clean, godly life in this world is not God asking you to do a lot. Why? Because you've been bought with a price. You're His. You're not yours to do. We're under new management. It's not my life to live the way I want to live it. It's God's life that I live through Him. That I live through him. You say, well, how am I supposed to live? Through this. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Listen, you've been bought with a price. You belong to God. What's the Holy Spirit telling you? Hey, that's mine. But there's something else taking up residence where I'm supposed to be. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, 